Good morning, and welcome to Daily Kentucky with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is Friday, August 23rd, and we are happy that you're watching, and we hope that you'll share and like and subscribe to our videos. That's better. I'm getting better. It just seems <laughs> awkward to be like, hello, here's the date. Now like and subscribe. I don't know what else to say though. Maybe we should change the format if people have recommendations. I just want to remind people to like and subscribe early because, you know, sometimes people drop off in the middle, especially when we meander. Um, But yeah, thank you. We're getting an increase in subscriptions and we are aware that there's room for improvement in this show and other shows and we are working on it. And the more we get support, the easier it is to do. Carrie, you showed me an article that I don't think I would ever have found because the first two words in the title are Miley Cyrus. And usually (laughs) my vision stops at that point. (laughs) My friend Bill said, who? Smiley Walrus? (laughs) I don't know what he calls you that. Anyway, yeah, so this article here, let me just share it. Um, My friend Jonathan shared it and I saw it and then I... Okay, this is an NBC. (laughs) Uh, I mean, this is a real headline on NBC.com. Miley Cyrus split with Liam Helmsworth isn't just celebrity gossip. It's a blow to the patriarchy. Women like Cyrus are speaking out about sexuality in ways that put the power and responsibility back into their own hands. So, um, and so... I, who's Liam Hemsworth? He- um, he's some actor, and oh. they were married for like seven months or something. I think I don't know. Yeah. He's, so he's really gave it a try. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's some <laughs> handsome actor. Okay. Ah, wow. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I try not to pay attention to this stuff too. Does but she still this sing, or does she? Is she still a singer? Or is she something yes. else? Okay. I think she still sings. Okay. Um, blah blah blah. This is a. Da, 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 da. So this person, over the past week, an assortment of trending stories from Jeffrey Epstein to the Dayton and El Paso mass shooters to Miley Cyrus. By the way, look, they linked to the El Paso mass shooters. I wonder why they didn't link to Dayton. To Miley Cyrus separation <laughs> and Julianne Ho, I don't even know who that is, declaration that she's, quote, not straight. Good for you, Julianne. Um, whatever. T- together have laid bare the strictures of an American patriarchy on the edge of a nervous breakdown. As the status quo, heterosexuality is just not working. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so before we read more of this, Carrie, there's like a lot packed in here. Yes. <laughs> First of all, it, it's great because we just on deprogrammed yesterday read your, your paper on yes. sexuality. And <clears throat> one of the things that's interesting is, to me is that you were talking about how they're, they're taught to look at everything through these lenses. It's odd to me that this is the lens like they look out at it this year first of all like jeffrey epstein that's not really a this year story i mean he was doing this for decades but okay they look out at this thing and they at these things that are happening and they say this is the american patriarchy on the edge of a nervous breakdown that's what they see that's what they see it's a it's- really interesting revelation to me so it's funny also that that we did that paper yesterday because I read this article and I thought this is how far um, 
journalism, and I recognize this is an opinion piece, right? But this is how far it's fallen because my shitty paper was, is better than this. <laughs> yes. Actually, your shitty paper is better than this. It's more and cogent and you make more rational arguments. About. I make more rational arguments. This is crazy. This is crazy town. This person came straight out of a women's studies minor <laughs> or major. Well, actually, she is a, she is a prominent feminist, a lesbian feminist in San Francisco who is an activist. That's what she does. Of course she and, is. Yeah. And the just... I, I, also, the, the, I'm sorry, Gary. Heterosex as the status quo. Heterosexuality is just not working. I I I That's think the, I think it's at least partially necessary, based on my understanding of how babies are conceived. Right. So this is, um, this is this is what she wants to be true. She wants to be true that heterosexuality. Is, this is all recycled. Um, at its most extreme, this is Scum Manifesto by Valerie Solanas. This is, we don't need men. It's now possible to have a society without men, and we must start to do that um, That at its most extreme. But as my friend Sonia pointed out, I mean, it's just, it's Andrea Dworkin recycled. This is whole, this whole thing about, like, heterosexuality is, like, heterosexual sex is always rape. This is, <laughs> this is something that Dworkin pushed. Um, it's, so this is all that same stuff. So she gets into that. But this is a very um, lowbrow, I don't know, just what's the word? I, it's, it's not a, it's not a uh, serious intellectual. Um, it's pseudo-intellectual. It's, yeah. It's, it's pseudo-intellectual. And it's, I don't know, to me saying like heterosexuality is just not working. It's literally like breathing is not working. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. That's how the species propagates. You understand that you are here because heterosexuality is the norm. That's that's why you're here. Yeah, Mikey said if you if you are here and alive, you know, thank a straight person. So as a, as a snapshot of 2019 America, these stories present a startling picture. Oh. Men men oh. continue to coerce, harass, rape, and kill girls and women and go to extreme lengths to avoid responsibility for their actions. On the other side of the issue, girls and women are challenging heterosexuality and even absconding from it altogether. Framed differently- Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. There's so much going on. I know, but wait, wait, let me finish this last. Framed differently, the picture is this. Men need heterosexuality to maintain their societal dominance over women. Women, on the other hand, are increasingly realizing not only that they don't need heterosexuality, but that it is also that that it also is often the bedrock of their global oppression. <sighs> well, okay, let's can we step back and look at a few things? First of all, from the very first paragraph of this entire article, she is laying down this assumption that is going unquestioned, which is an American patriarchy exists. And I think that argument is tenuous at best. Yeah. So, they just kind of, again, they speak about these things as if they're universal truths that we all agree on. No, sorry. Right. The other thing that I see a lot, and this is something that frankly, both sides, like everyone does this, but I, I think it's important to, to notice it. So you can use anecdotes to make a point. People do it. It makes articles more compelling. It makes your story more compelling. Like that's fine. However, 
you need to understand when people are using anecdotes that are statistically representative of what's happening in the world and when people are using anecdotes that are statistical outliers to claim general things. And what she's doing is she's using a, few, a couple anecdotes, specifically we'll say the shooters and Jeffrey Epstein, to then conclude men, so this is a generalized statement about men. Men continue to coerce, harass, rape, and kill girls and women. So it would be like picking out a few horrible women, like the lady who drowned her kids in the lake or whatever, and say, women continue to murder their children, right? This is a, she's, she's picking a few examples that are statistical outliers and, and using them to paint with a broad stroke what all men are doing. Right. And I know we all kind of know that, but I think it's important to just point out. Point that out. Well, okay, so, but here, it is a truth that men are more likely to be these, the violent offenders, more likely to commit murder than women. But, of course, of course um, but there are other things that women are more like, women are more likely to abuse their children than men. Of like course. to hit their children. They so, are. Um, there are any number of things you could pick, even if she's picking the outliers to try and say, this is representative of what this sex is more um, likely to do. Well, there's well, terrible things where you could pick outliers of women who are an example of what women are more likely to do, the terrible well, things women are more likely to do. Yes, and also men are also more likely to die defending your freedoms. Men are also more likely to arrest the rapists. Men are also more likely to... Run into a burning building. Right, I was just going to say, right, run into a burning building and rescue you. So, yes, men are more likely to do lots of things. Yeah. Some of those are bad things. Some of those are good things. And she's just picking on... You know, and by the way... She didn't pick any outliers of stories where men saved or rescued people in the past no, few weeks. No. Although, can I, I know this is a tangent and we don't want to go on tangents, but I, you've had to have seen this and it was really interesting. Did you see the Gillette pivot? Yes. Yes. Now they're talking about men running into burning buildings, saving people. Yeah. Because I guess, uh, I guess it okay. wasn't. Okay. So Sorry, let's get I, back to the yeah. article. Yes. Hold yes, on. Yes. I'm going to share it again. So... Uh, this two paragraphs that I just read, these two, I think are just the most <laughs> sick. Um, men need heterosexuality to maintain the, their societal dominance over women. This is this whole, um, I mean, this is, this is actual hatred of men is what this is. In and my opinion, there is societal dominance over women. Try going to a family court with a pair of balls. Like there's not societal dominance over women. There is. In some areas, men perform better or for whatever reasons are at the top of those hierarchies. And in other hierarchies, in other power structures, women are at the top. It's just that they only care about certain, certain hierarchies. They don't care about other ones. Okay, so here's the other thing that's happening in this sentence. She's saying that people choose, women are choosing their sexuality. I thought, I thought you were born gay. I, th I thought you didn't choose your sexuality. You, your sex they, so it's, again, just contradicting this. I they'll contradict themselves because the ideology is more important than any principle. So 
they'll say um, sexuality is not a choice. But then, well, it is a choice here. It's only a choice if it's women choosing to leave heterosexuality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think maybe their argument here is is sexuality is not a choice if you're gay, but if you're heterosexual, it is a choice, which is fascinating biologically, right? It's yeah. you're, that basically means you're naturally everyone's naturally gay, but uh, for some reason, the patriarchy existed before the species was propagating at all and convinced women to submit to heterosexual sex, which wouldn't have evolved in the first place if it wasn't something that all was of this natural. is crazy. It doesn't all make any crazy. sense. It doesn't right? make any sense. And from a side, yeah, from a perspective of like five percent of the population is gay. Five percent. Right. Also, can I just I, look? I I'm going to start doing this more often. I did this as a joke with you the other day, but as a male, specifically a white male. You're going to start blaming men for stuff and you're going to say, because you're a man, you're responsible for oppression. Fine. I'm also responsible for electricity. Fuck you. Men built most of everything that you are enjoying right now in Western culture. Not everything, but almost everything. Yes. Have they oppressed and killed people? Yes. They've also done great things. I don't want to be lumped in with my gender and given blame or credit, but if you're going to start giving people blame... We're going to step up and take credit, and you're going to not like that. Yeah. I, I want to be clear for just underlying what you're saying there. You don't believe in taking blame or credit for things you didn't do, but if people are going to assign blame to you for things you didn't do, then you're, you're going to take the credit. Okay. Fuck yeah. Patriarchy is at its most potent when oppression doesn't feel like oppression or when it is packaged in terms of biology. Oh, yeah. Religion or basic social needs like security, comfort, acceptance, and success. Heterosexuality offers women all these things as selling points to their consensual subjection. So basically, she's saying um, heterosexuality is only appealing to women because um, it's sold to them as, as being biologically necessary. <laughs> or Food is only appealing to you because it's sold to you as being biologically necessary, but you right. don't. You don't actually need oxygen. Right. Um, okay. Historically, women have been conditioned to believe that heterosexuality is natural or innate. She, she just says exactly what you said. She was <laughs> They've about. been conditioned to believe it. Yes. <laughs> yes. By their DNA. <sighs> Let's read the rest of that sentence. Okay. Just as they have been conditioned to believe that their main purpose is to make babies. And if they fail to do so, they are condemned as not real or as bad women. I so this is what, remember we talked about this before, um, in the feminist world that I was in, in the SJW, intersectional feminist third wave world, there's this very, this very um, uh, anti-reproduction um, kind of thing going on. They, 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 they think that society has brainwashed women into thinking that they want to have babies and that no woman innately wants to have a baby. But so that, so then they go the opposite way and there's this pressure not like not to have children. It's like you, they, they look down their noses at, at women who have kids early. Or, or at all. Or uh, at all. Yeah. I mean, so this is another weird one because first of all, 
no one is no one has been conditioning women to believe that their main purpose is to make babies unless you want to really go to the super biological roots in which case people would say yes the main purpose of the female of the species is to make babies and rear them and the main purpose of the male of the species is to provide food for the female and the babies and die doing that like okay i guess at a like fundamental biological level you could argue that that's the, the quote purpose of having two sexes to propagate a species i mean you want the gene mixing that has evolutionary advantages and you get differentiation of uh of labor because of that one has the babies and takes care of them the other one higher risk goes out hunts the animals probably dies feeds the babies and the mom yeah okay but in civilized society no one is saying that the main purpose of women is to have babies. Just like no one is saying the main purpose of men is to feed women and children. Like that's not, no one's saying the main purpose of men is to run around getting women pregnant. That's not a, it, is it a biological urge that you can expect to have as a female to want children? Yeah, and you should expect it. Does every female have it? No. Are some women happy having not had children? Yes. Is it completely reasonable that most women are going to have an urge to have children? Y yeah. And it's not social. Okay. But here, what they're saying is that it's funny because it's the exact opposite in the echo chamber I was in. Of what, it's the exact opposite of what they're saying. They're saying that women are conditioned to be heterosexual and that women are conditioned to uh, want to have babies. But in that world, it's the opposite. You are conditioned to step outside of heterosexuality. You are also conditioned to not want to have kids. So what, what they're saying about what's innate, it, it's flipped in that world. Like there, there's, this, um, there's this assumption in that world that everyone is on. You've, you've heard of the Kinsey. It was it Kinsey that did the scale of sexuality, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there's this assumption that everyone is somewhere on the scale. That's what they're doing with gender now too. Everyone is somewhere on the scale of gender. Um, and so it's almost, I mean, it's a cliche, but in college there's this idea that like women, especially for women that you need to experiment. Right. And right. There's well, there's a whole, like, there's a whole joke about being uh, like, I thought you were bisexual. No, no, I graduated. Right. right, right. And I actually, I was talking about this with a friend the other day. I don't hear a lot of people talk about this, but I know a lot of straight women who claim to be bisexual and claim to be queer. They're straight, but, but it gives them this status to say, because they had sex with a woman once or whatever, right. but, but they don't predominantly date women. They're not attracted to women. They don't predominantly have sex with women. They one time had a hookup with a woman and now they're queer. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to say something about the Kinsey scale because I don't believe that we actually understand human sexuality super well. Uh, and and this is a subject actually I've, I've read a lot about. One thing is clear. Clearly, heterosexual activity is strongly genetically enforced because if it weren't, we wouldn't be sitting here. Now, beyond that, I, like, is there a Kinsey scale and do people not fall exactly into one camp or another often? Maybe, right? I mean, there have been, you know, you look at other related great apes and they have different kind of sexual behaviors. So like, like I, I'll, I'll allow room for that argument, but that's not, 
that's not what they're saying here, right? That's not what she's saying. Yeah, she's saying that um, heterosexuality is not innate and that wanting to have babies is not innate, that it's all conditioned. But in actuality, what, what she's pushing for and what, what happens in the SJW echo chamber, at least I'm saying this anecdotally as someone who was in it, Right, right. It's the opposite. You are conditioned to step outside of the boundaries of heterosexuality. You are conditioned to not want to have kids, and it's seen as kind of um, uh, just like I'm. It's it's seen as a negative. I don't know of a better word. I'm trying to think of a better word, but it's just seen as a negative to have children early. I, I mean, I think it's it's viewed with condescension. Condescension is a great word. You know, I I. Uh... This is religious because the only thing that we know, and I mean religious in the worst possible way, not I know there's a lot of religious people, including you, that you know are in our community here. I'm meaning it in the, in the bad cultish sense as, as, as much as I can. But this is the only things that we do know biologically <laughs> that are innate. Like there's very few things that we know are innate. Heterosexuality and having babies are two of them. Those, it's, they're almost the only, like there's not a lot we know is innate. I don't think we understand a lot about human sexual behavior and stuff, but we do know that heterosexual behavior and having children are innate things. Those are some of the only things that we know. And those are exactly the things that are being attacked. This is, I, in, I think in a rational world, this kind of a thing would be laughed out of, the, the editor would just laugh them out of the room for trying to, like, it's like saying, it's like having some crazy cult that's like the earth is flat and also we're all secretly lizard people and like it's just it's not based on it's it's completely false it's completely <laughs> completely anti-scientific and false we are 100%. conditioned to believe we are conditioned to believe that the earth is not flat <laughs> right it's it's completely false it's ludicrous it shouldn't even be considered enough to argue with like, I almost feel bad about arguing against it because it's so ridiculous. But apparently people need to hear how ridiculous this is. Okay, it, let's... But, wait, wait. One more thing about this paragraph, Carrie. Yeah. The last thing it says they are condemned as not real or bad when, when, they, uh, when people don't have babies, when women don't have babies. Uh, I think she's living in a different decade. She is. Because that's, that's, not, that's real. not true anymore at all. Maybe at one time it was like, oh, you're... A spinster and ooh, you never had kids. <laughs> that's yeah. not the truth anymore. That's not the truth. Okay. Celebrities. <laughs> Again, this, oh, this is my favorite part. The Julianne, <laughs> I don't know who this Julianne person is, but it's my favorite part. Okay. Yes. Yes. The celebrity, I just want it's celebrities. It's funny that this is about celebrities. Okay. Celebrities are not always at the vanguard of feminist thought. But both Julianne Ho, Hugh, whatever and Miley Cyrus have recently spoken out about sexuality in ways that puts the power, look, power, power, that's what they're concerned with, that's their primary concern, that puts the power and responsibility back into their own hands. In By the, the way, way I, I, think there's a, I think there's a snide remark to be made here about the author being female and wanting to write an entire article about celebrity gossip, but that's a yeah. In the Women's Health September cover story, Ho or Hugh, whatever her name is, an Ho. actress. Definitely going to be Ho. Ho. An actress and Dancing with the Stars champion <laughs> describes her personal transformation, which included de-layering all the survival tactics I've built up my whole life. 
One of these survival tactics, she says, meant, quote, connecting to the woman inside that doesn't need anything versus the little girl that looked to my husband to protect me, end quote. She voices concern that her husband will respond negatively to this newfound self-sufficiency. Quote, I was like, is he going to love this version of me? End quote. But the more I, but the more, oh wait, but the more I dropped into my most authentic self, the more attracted he was to me. Now we have a more intimate relationship. End quote. Well, no, no. The best sentence is the next one. Part of the intimacy entailed telling her husband that she was not straight, but had chosen to be with him. Now, I just want to point out how hilarious this is to basically every straight guy on the planet. I was worried that when I told my husband, I'm kind of a little bit of a lesbian, and I want to have sex with women, he wasn't turned off by that. Yes. Yeah, he's a guy. He's like, wait, you're not straight? That's fucking awesome. See, so this uh, you're is this still going to stay married and have sex with me, but you're not with me, but you're not straight. Like that's like the porn fantasy of guys. So this goes back to what I was saying earlier about a lot of straight women who claim to be bisexual or queer. It's a status thing, and it, and they know it's a status thing, and not just within the ideology, but with men. It because it is because I mean, look, there's a lot of girl and girl porn. Men like to watch that. Some men do. Okay, and lots of, yeah, lots of men do. Anyway, my point is very popular. It is very popular, and to pretend that yes, to pretend that that she thinks a man is going to be like, oh, that's a bad thing. Um, also, by the way, she says she she was trying to get rid of like not not have the little girl that looked to her husband to protect her, but then later on she says, I reason I one of the reasons that she married him was because he always has her back. I'm like that's that's protection. You, yeah. you realize that that's, that's what that is. Right. Um, yeah. It, okay. This is an inspirational statement because it offers a new model for women to enter into heterosexual relationships with men that redefines the power dynamic. So basically they're saying like, you're still straight. This woman, I don't know her, but I'm assuming she's like a lot of the quote bisexual women. I know um, that she's a straight woman who now has this higher, um, status because she's she's come out as queer and and that she still gets to be in uh this this is a way to reclaim power what what does that even mean to reclaim power this is what rich uh this is what the rich white straight women need to do because they're starting to be vilified uh by the left so they have to like oh shit i need an intersectional group to be in i'm queer yeah so now she can check off another box right um I think there's a safety with my husband now that I'm unpacking all of this. Ho continues. And there's no fear of voicing things that I've been afraid to admit or that I've had shame or guilt about because of what I've been told or how I was raised. Miley Cyrus has never been. Sh- okay. Da, 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 da. By the way, can I just the one, one thing I will say? What? Yeah. Being more authentic in a relationship is good. Telling your partner really how True. you think and feel and what's going on. That's all good. But the idea that, this woman being authentic with her husband and claiming to be queer is somehow some symbol of female sexual empowerment is just stupid. Yes. It's just stupid. Okay. So I'm skipping a little bit because I want to get to this part here about Cyrus. So she, she split with her 
Da, 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 da. Shortly after it was announced that Cyrus and her husband, Liam Hem- Hemsworth, were splitting up, photos of the singer kissing a woman in Italy made tabloid rounds. But even before the breakup, Cyrus embraced her non-heterosexual identity in Elle's August cover story. Okay, so it's such a... It, they're trying to pretend like... And, and this author is trying to pretend like we live in a world where it's somehow shameful and bad to come out as bisexual. No. It's not. You're celebrated. That's why you're on the cover of L magazine talking <laughs> right. about it. Because this is there's nothing that is dangerous about this in in our culture. This is a thing to they'll throw a parade for you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, what are you talking about? This isn't bucking the culture. This is the culture. So if uh, you're brave, Miley Cyrus, go to Saudi Arabia and do the same thing. Wow. Yeah. Good point. Um so in language that echoed Ho's ownership of and responsibility for her sexuality and marriage choices, Cyrus noted that she, quote, made a partner decision, end quote, by choosing to marry Hemsworth in late 2018. Yeah, they really gave it a go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because- oh, oh, you know what? Sorry, I, I made a mistake. It was Miley who said he's the person that had her back the most. Oh, I feel he has my back so, the most. Yeah. Um, Cyrus thoughtfully explains how her sexuality is both distinct from and influences her definition of what a relationship looks like. Being someone who takes such pride in individuality and freedom and being a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community, she writes in a personal memo in Vanity Fair in February. Okay, another magazine celebrated. (laughs) I've been inspired by redefining again what a relationship in this generation looks like. Sexuality and gender identity are completely separate from partnership. (laughs) Mm. I'm from a business partnership. (laughs) <laughs> not from your not, not from, from your, your sex partner <laughs> and why are we taking uh partnership advice from a woman who got married at the end of 2018 and now is going splitsville yeah we're just to be clear we're not <laughs> right but this author is <laughs> yeah we've got a lot to learn from miley cyrus mm. um, there's many more things out there that need to be licked right she oh, can tell us <laughs> uh yeah so, by the way, this person goes on to quote Simone de Beauvoir, who right. we did a deprogrammed about. But it is all about, so this is interesting. So, Miley says that her goal for 2019 was to, quote, live carefree but not care less, which I actually, and they say this is a brilliant distinction, blah, 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 that could serve for a mantra for anyone in marriage, straight or gay. I actually think that's a, it is a good distinction, live carefree but not care less. However, She's also been accused, like one of the things in her split with her, because I looked this up, this Liam dude, one of the things with their split with him was like, she's out cheating on him. So yeah, I would, that falls into the care less category, Miley. Well, they're saying one thing and they're doing another. That Simone de Beauvoir quote, um, where, where was it? Oh, to be free is not to have the power to do anything you like. Freedom is the will to be responsible for ourselves. Okay, but, they, but they're but not Nietzsche. behaving. But they're not behaving that way. Oh, that was Nietzsche at the end. Yeah, but they're not behaving that way. She's quoting that as if that's what this is, but that's not what this is. This is about having the power to do anything you like. This is about having the power to do anything you like. Well, and also they, she, does, she plays this weird uh, shell game with freedom. So she starts with Simone de Beauvoir. To be free is, to, is not to have the power to do anything you like. 
Um, and then she goes to Nietzsche. The freedom is the will to be responsible for ourselves. That sounds plausible. I mean, I, I think there's definitional problems there, but two things that sound relatively plausible. And she kind of moves forward. The function of freedom is to free someone else. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's suddenly sounding like obligation. And then I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own. So basically what they're trying to do is take the word freedom. Just to be clear, they're trying, just like they've redefined everything else, Carrie, they want to redefine freedom to mean pushing social justice ideology. That's yes. freedom. Yes. That's why you will see signs. Oh my gosh, what's that saying? Um, no, no one is free until everyone is free or something. You'll, I've seen signs like that in people's lawns. Right. Um, you'll, be, you'll be more free if you just are you slaves to social justice ideology. You have to be a slave to this ideology. By the forever. way, this is what slave masters say. <laughs> You're more free. I'm, I, we're giving you some comfort and some food. And this is, trust me, it's better than being out there on your own, thinking on your own. That's a pain in the ass. Don't do that. Okay, uh, now here she goes into a bunch of, now she's going to demonize the right. This is a far cry from the type of freedom espoused by those on the right, for whom freedom, as I wrote in an earlier article, was that on NBC probably, on how misogyny is the driver of mass shootings in America, is conflated with domination. In this context, freedom is actually possessed by a select few, as it is dependent upon the oppression rather than the liberation of disempowered people, particularly women and minorities. Yeah. Carrie, this is a, you mentioned power. Yeah. I actually tweeted about this this morning randomly. I, maybe this article was in my head, but I, it, well, I wasn't conscious of it at the time. You mentioned social justice warriors talk about rest and power. Clearly power is very important here. Power, it activates the same neural circuitry as addictive drugs. So you get dopamine and other chemical hits from, from power. So the left is, this, these social justice left are, they're like heroin addicts, except for it's not heroin. It's power that they're obsessed with, fixated on, and it's power that drives everything they do in their life. And one of the things that I think is really fascinating about the, the part you just read, I maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like social justice ideologues do not understand voluntary interactions. Every interaction is between oppressor and oppressed. There's no voluntary mutual equal exchange between individuals. It's yes. always every like literally everything from the sex you have with your wife to the piece of gum that you buy at the store to like everything is is a power dynamic. Yes, they because they're told to view the whole world and everything through this lens of power and oppression and identity groups. They view everything you do like you having sex with your wife, you're oppressing. <laughs> Right. You buying gum, you're oppressing. She's being oppressed. Like the, everything is viewed that way. And right. it's, they, they don't use, what was the first thing you asked or you said? No, they don't understand voluntary interactions at all. Um, and they don't view anything as being voluntary. That's why also they, they will refuse to have conversations with you based on what identity groups you're in. They'll say, Carter, the power imbalance here is such that I can't have this discussion with you because you have power, you have so much power and I don't. Right. And then they'll back out. That's one of their excuses for not engaging. They, everything they do is an excuse not to engage ideas. 
but well philosophically though it's interesting because i know a lot of people don't think of capitalism this way and i don't want to get into a lecture about capitalism but fundamentally capitalism is just voluntary exchange between people that's it's that's all this it's it's removal of force from interactions between people and the caveat i'll say is we don't live in capitalism so don't don't come at me with like but america's do blah 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 like yes we're, we're, this is not pure capitalism but that in order to attack that fundamentally well i guess there's multiple ways to attack but certainly one way to attack it would be to eradicate the idea that there is such a thing as voluntary exchange between people ever if you can get rid of that concept and everything is about oppression and power then instead of trying to look for win-win situations, which is how voluntarists interact with one another, instead of doing that, you're trying to, everything becomes a jockeying for power. Everything is like, well, there's going to be an oppressor and there's going to be an oppressed. Now I have to choose which one I am. Whereas moral people look at that dynamic and say, I don't want to be an oppressor or an oppressed person. I want voluntarism. I want mutual voluntary interactions. But social justice warriors look at everything as there's oppressed and oppressive and, sorry, oppressed people and, and uh, oppressors. And I need to pick which one I'm in and they choose to be the oppressors. And they're just angry at any situation in which they're not the oppressors. And if they're not the oppressors, they accuse you of being the oppressor. Yeah, a lot of these people, as we've talked about before, I think there's a lot of SJWs have good intent, but there's also a lot with bad intent. And the ones with bad intent, they don't actually care about ending oppression. They just want to be the ones oppressing. They want the power. They want to amass power. Well, and I think even the ones with good intent don't understand what I just described. And so they may they are tricked into viewing everything into this in this power dynamic where there's power over someone and power like it's 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 this idea that people are to be uh enslaved you're either a slave master or a slave that's how they view everything and it might be that they just haven't thought about it but that's how that view is i think ubiquitous regardless of whether they understand that that's how they're viewing things that is how they're viewing everything and it runs contrary to the fundamental moral principle of voluntary interactions with people. Yeah. What a mess. Okay. Uh, um, I want to get to something here the, towards the end, because I think she has this totally wrong, of course. <laughs> Wait, um, what? Something's wrong here? We point this out. Wrong here. So, it must just be a typo. So she says, women's sexual liberation has always had a place in feminism. So in the second sex, which we've talked about before, mm -hmm. uh, Beauvoir explains that, quote, freedom is recognized in woman's sexual activity, end quote, and that this freedom not only rests in self-possession, but in self-accountability. And this notion that an adult is responsible for their own sex life, how they have sex, who they have sex with, when, where, and why they have sex, portrays a sharp contrast in our culture, where men seem to never have to take responsibility for their actions. Women always must take responsibility, not only for their own actions, but the actions of men. Okay, so here's, here, let me see if I can articulate this, what I'm, what I'm thinking of this. Yeah. So, after the sexual revolution in the 60s, right? She's, she's again, writing about a different 
time. She's writing like, about 1840. Yeah, she's not writing about current day. So after the sexual revolution, and I'm not saying, I don't know why, but I don't know the reasons, but women, as we've talked about before, have steadily reported that they are less happy since the 1950s. Like self-reporting this, levels of happiness, right? And so this whole idea that like women should, the way to be free is to um, have no restraints whatsoever when it comes to sexuality and to treat sex the way, more the way that we think of men treating sex and to have multiple partners and experiences and just kind of be open to whatever. Um, I don't actually think... (laughs) I don't actually think that that works well with women's biology for the most part. Um, I think women tend to become emotionally attached to people they're having sex with. And, you know, your, your body is releasing chemicals, it's releasing oxytocin. It's a bonding chemical. Um, and I don't think, I, I, I believe that there's this emptiness and there's this sense of meaninglessness and nihilism that I've seen in the SJW left for a lot of reasons, because the ideology itself is empty and hollow, but, but also because a lot of people are um, treating sex as if it's just something um, transactional, that there's no, there's no, there's nothing emotional or spiritual about it at all. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I think, yeah, I think it makes sense. I also think that she's, I mean, I'm not a Puritan sexually. However, so she's got, the first sentence is weird. She says this notion that an adult is responsible for their own sex life, how they have sex, who they have sex with, when, where, and why they have sex portrays a sharp contrast in our culture. I agree with that sentence. Uh, Adults should be responsible for their own sex life. And that is in sharp contrast to our culture. But then the next sentence is completely false and the opposite of what I would think the next sentence would be after that. So if you want to look at examples of lack of responsibility for sex life, for our, for our sex life as adults, well, certainly over the past several decades, we've had decreasing amount of responsibility, both for men and women, but let's talk about women in particular. Uh, men invented men invented both abortion, well, modern abortion, modern abortion, and uh, more importantly, the birth control pill. That, ha- beca- that, that ena- the birth control pill enabled the sexual revolution. That has been used specifically to disregard responsibility with respect to sex, not have a responsible sex life, not to have, not to take sex seriously and figure out, you know, what the pros and cons of having sex in any particular situation are, but to be as Miley Cyrus (laughs) would say, careless rather than carefree. That's, that's what has happened. We are not taking responsibility, but not in the way that she says it's, Men also aren't taking responsibility. I, I would agree with that statement. And we do have Tinder culture and Bumble culture and whatever else where, you know, people just get together and hook up all the time over, over nothing. But 
the idea that it's in sharp contrast to our culture makes sense. But the idea that she's not then going to turn around and point out like, actually Miley Cyrus is an example of not taking responsibility for your sex life. She's not someone to be held up as a, an example of how to responsibly take control of your sex life. She's out cheating on her husband. That's not responsible. Lying and cheating, I mean, even if you're going to agree that they should have, that even if those two agree, um, it, how do I say this? Again, voluntary, in a voluntary interaction, they agree what the parameters of their sex life are. I don't care what they are. They could be completely open. I don't really care. That's between them. But when they agree and one breaks that agreement, that's called irresponsible. It's Miley Cyrus that is in contrast to this notion not the rest of culture. It's that, it's, it's the push, the direction she's pushing culture is against responsibility for sex. And not to bring up something, yes, not to bring up something too controversial, Carrie, but abortion is also used as, as a way to divorce responsibility from sex. Yes, it's true. And, and I, you know, this reminds me of the conversation we had with uh, my friend, Mike Harlow, because he talks about how, uh, He's gay. He talks about how in the gay community, there's this push to just have meaningless, frivolous sex with lots of partners. And I, and he and I were having a discussion about this, even off camera, we were talking about it once. And I was like, it's funny because that same push has happened in the feminist world with women. With women. It's happened in, in the in a gay community, but it's also happening in the feminist community. And um, I wanted to show you something, actually. I, I see this. I, can I? May I? Wait, wait. I've got it. I just sent you this. Yeah, it is awesome. <laughs> Let's, for the people who are listening only this is a meme it's an image of an old lady with lots of wrinkles and gray hair white lady looking at her phone um pressing some stuff on her phone and it says western women western white women be like i'm ready to settle down now <laughs> <laughs> exactly I, I don't true. know where i found this so if you sent this to whoever sent this to me thank you i can't remember where i got this but i saved it because i was like Oh, I saw a bit of myself in this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another wrong thing, thing to say about this is, I, I'm not saying this is the way it has to be, but I'm saying this is the way it kind of often is biologically and people should consider this. Women's sexual market value decreases with age because if, if for no other reason than that the likelihood of healthy pregnancy decreases with age, also looks and everything else, yes, we all, we all look worse with age generally, unless you're like Harrison Ford or I don't know how some people do that. But uh, we all look worse with age. But more importantly, women's sexual market value decreases with age because they, they can no longer have kids. And for many people, family is still something that they want to do. Men's sexual market value generally increases with age up until a point. I mean, yeah, up until a point, up yeah. until a point. But, but you know, men men generally are viewed by women as they're they're ranked less about their looks and more about their financial stability. And I'm not saying that's the way it has to be. I'm just saying that's the way it it is and kind of has been. And so when you're in a culture in, in which you are being told, and this is to, to young women and frankly to men, when you're being told, look, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about settling down. 
woman, you go girl, you don't need anything, you know, find a man when you're 50. Well, it's going to be a lot harder because a 50 year old guy, as gross as it might sound, could probably land a 25 year old. Mm-hmm. If, if he looks like George Clooney and has George Clooney's bank account, I don't think George Clooney did marry a 25 year old, but it doesn't matter. He could marry, he could land a 25 year old. A 50-year-old woman, unlikely to land a 25-year-old guy, unless that guy's Ashton Kutcher. Um, so I, I just, there are some realities here, and I'm not making a moral statement about what they should be. I'm making a statement about kind of biology. I think there's reasons for all this, and I don't think they're, I don't think they're all social constructs. I think they're related to some biological truths that well, is, are not worth getting into, but it is the reality. It is the reality. People often, I find, have a problem distinguishing a difference between um, what is descriptive, right, and what is prescriptive. Like yes. you're not, yes. So you're not saying this is what I, the way I think it should be. You're saying this no. is the way it is. You're describing. Yes. But yes. They, a lot of times when you describe something, people they they think you you're saying, and this is the way it should be. <laughs> like, I, no, I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. Um, I, I just and- wanted to point that out because that was a great opportunity to do that because I see that all the time. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. And, you know, and I also, I want to, this is the other thing that people just, God, I feel like we need to teach a statistics class, but it's not even that in-depth, it's just basic stats. A lot of times we talk about categories of things in generalities, men, women, blah, blah, blah. We're talking about a bell curve. We're talking about the majority. We're talking about in general. The fact that there are outliers for whom this isn't true it, is not a counter-argument. It's irrelevant. Yes, there are women who are more attractive at 50 than they were at 20 and for some reason are super happy having never had kids. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Carrie wants to draw her bell curve again. She likes to do this. Look, I already know. I just, I just flipped back to the one I drew the day we were talking about this. People yes. don't understand this. They don't understand averages. You're right. We should do a, 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 but we'd have to figure out a way to make it interesting. I actually, so Carrie. By the way, I'm more attractive at 40 than I was at 20. Yes, Carrie. And by the way, we will, uh, we're going to have a, uh, maybe we'll just have a a, a request for proposals to Carrie (laughs) that we're going to manage. So if there's anyone out there who thinks that they're worthy of Carrie, we're going to, maybe we'll, (laughs) yes. And maybe we, Carrie and I, like we seriously did talk about having a show in which uh, we interview potential suitors, uh, a live show with the rest of the audience, but without Carrie, where we're, <laughs> the audience and I just interview suitors for her and, uh, you know, help weed out the bad ones. But Carrie, by the way, behind me on the floor, I have three different piles of uh, different colored stones that I've actually weighed all of them. It's like a couple hundred. I've been meaning to do a presentation on statistics. I like I did it for this purpose to have a conversation about this is how statistics works. This is how you get these bell curves. This is what it means. Picking up a blue stone just because they weigh on average more than the red stones doesn't mean that all blue stones are more than all the red. Like, but uh, I never got around to do that because it does sound kind of boring. You didn't even like talking about money. I can't imagine talking about stats. I just zoned out while, while you were saying all that. I See? <laughs> See? So the, the, the piles are going to sit behind me on the floor unless, uh, I don't know, someone really wants us to do that. I just want to skip ahead to the end of her paper her paper i'm thinking of it like this is like a college essay um while men stew in their mess women are rising 
I just wanted to point out that sentence. I I'm love it. I'm stewing in my mess. While men stew in their mess. This woman hates men. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all. You guys. Oh, you just wanted to point out that we're stewing yeah. in our mess? You're stewing in oh. your mess. Yeah. No, I, I, just, I, I appreciate that. Uh, but I'm rising, Carter. Women are rising. Well, I think actually this is a weird thing. She's trying to explain to people that the left is winning. That's kind of her, we're taking over, we're winning. She's rallying the troops. This article is a rallying the troops article. This article is not meant to convince anyone. It's meant to rally the troops on the left to be like, look, look, we're in the mainstream. The final sentence is, it looks like this critique has finally arrived in the mainstream. She's, she's rallying the left's. The, the, the troops on the left to try and get them excited by saying we're winning we're winning yeah that's what this is well um on that note we're let's end and <laughs> thank you guys for joining us today and if you like our podcast um please share it somehow wh whichever platform you're listening to it on or watching it and on youtube if you subscribe to our channel that's great and if you want to contribute financially, we have a subscribe star. Yes. And we're doing book club September 8th. You should be reading 19, 1984. Yes. And even if you don't like the podcast, share it. <laughs> yeah. Bitch about it. Send it around. There, I've mentioned this to Carter beforehand. There's some creepy person on Facebook who shares a lot of my stuff and, and I can't see where the, it's being shared. They set the privacy settings such that, so that I can't see it. So it's either in a private group or on their page privately. And I'm like, why would someone do that? On, only to critique, criticize it, right? Right. And but Criticize it free from any free, counter arguments. Right. Free from counter arguments and free from me seeing what they're doing. Mm. It's weird. But keep doing that. We're getting some views. <laughs> <laughs> Even if Have a good weekend. Bye, guys.